afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at after a three-day holiday weekend. Was there, which we didn't seem to see a lot of, any trade talk discussions between the U.S. and China? Add to it, we're going to look at some export numbers. Oh, looking pretty good for the corn. Not so pretty when it comes to the soybean trade. And then, of course, some shorts in the market and not a lot of willing sellers. At least that is what is being told us by Sam Hudson. Sam is with Corn Belt Marketing. And Sam, let's start out with the no news is good news when it comes to Trump and China. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, all the markets uh, saw a certain level of guarded optimism, starting with the outside markets. Today was the first day uh, back on the floor at the New York Stock, uh, Stock Exchange late in the afternoon here. We got uh, futures up almost 700 points in the Dow. Uh, so I think, you know, the continued, uh, you know, optimism about a vaccine. Uh, in general recovery effort, uh, you know, from COVID-19 anyways, really getting underway here after the Memorial Day weekend with, you know, state state by state, uh, you know, regulations, you're starting to relax at least. And I think that, you know, boasts a continued increase in fuel usage. And at some point, we're going to find a plateau there. And I think that's where these markets have at least a, a path of least resistance for higher for now. Uh, but I don't know if we got to run away anytime soon. Well, you know, you t- you talk about how fast um, those tweets can come out and the reaction that we get from both sides of the country and how fast our markets react. And then add to it that we are back on the floor where we haven't been for, for a very long time there at the stock exchange. It makes for an interesting type of, we call it a Mon Tuesday because we blended the two days together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, when you get that, you know, level of optimism in there, uh, especially with those outside markets, some of the, you know, the money feeling a little more comfortable flowing back in, liquidity, you know, slowly improving. Uh, we haven't seen, you know, such that environment at the, at the Board of Trade. Liquidity still been pretty thin, uh, at least of late. And I think as we get into the growing season, you know, fast forward another month or two, uh, we're going to definitely have to see a, a bit of a why in the road, in my opinion, because I think you're going to have a lot of old crop supplies that we're still going to have to reckon with. And we got a new crop growing. I, I think you're going to have uh, certain areas that could be threatened with some prevent plant, but but I don't think the acreage to, uh, losses that we could see are going to be large enough to really write home about. What about the shorts that you're talking about in the market? Well, you got uh, you know corn fund uh, funds short corn, you know over two hundred thousand contracts, and and when you have a, a, a you know an unwilling seller in the farmer. Uh, especially when we see these aid payments not really adding up to what we originally expected. I don't think it's going to trigger a lot of immediate selling. I think you're going to be seeing sales on an as-needed basis. And as we get ethanol back on its feet, uh, or back on all fours, if you will, uh, you know, into the summer months, I I think that, you know, boasts that you're just going to see a a very slow pace there. Uh, If we had seen a bigger aid package, I think it could have spurred a little bit more selling. But I think for now, uh, what I would be looking for is if there's any, you know, event or headline that can create a little bit of a short covering rally, you know, 20 cents in corn, 20 or 30 cents in soybeans. I think you got to use that as an opportunity moving forward. So why don't we have the sellers out there that we normally would have? Is it just because of the current status of this world? Uh, yeah, I think it's just general low prices, too. Uh, I think we've continued to see, you know, sales on an as-needed basis, only like I said, with the farmer. Uh, I think we've continued to expect that we're going to get this aid payment, too. Uh, we just didn't really know what the mechanisms were going to be uh, or the timing of it. And I think we have to expect that there could be more of that moving on down the road. Uh, and in the short term, we, you know, we're going to see what demand does. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, really not a lot uh, over, new over the weekend. I think Trump continues to voice his opinion towards China in a negative light. Uh, but until we see, you know, a re-escalation of tariffs or something like that, I think China will use the U.S. as, as kind of a bargain buy uh, and throw us a bone from time to time. But we have to recognize the business that's been done in South America and compared to the U.S., uh, you know, I think there's a lot more to be said in the actions there than the words. Looking at that, um, we saw the export numbers uh, get released, some solid numbers when it came to our corn. 
Yeah, I'm pretty steady week in, week out. I think we should expect to see that. Uh, we are, you know, just behind pace on inspections, but I think we could really change that, uh, you know, in just a few short weeks, especially if you see sales, um, you know, more specifically to, to China. I think a lot of, uh, you know, this hinges on what they want to do here over the next three months. And you can look at that as a positive or a negative at this point. I think if they were going to really, uh, you know, make some bigger purchases that we would want to see, they may wait until harvest and, and maybe see what kind of a crop we've got. Uh, unless we get into a crop issue this summer, it's just too early to tell. Should it not be a surprise, though, that it was softer for the soybeans? Uh, you know, I think so. We, we've continued to see, you know, a, like I said, a decent pickup in sales, but we didn't have this bar set real high before. Uh, and when we continue to see, you know, month in, month out, uh, records being set out of the Brazilian ports, I think that leaves a little bit of concern. Uh, if there's room for optimism, I would say I'd like to see that, uh, you know, we're seeing pretty decent new crop numbers. Uh, you know, sales, uh, you know, for, for China, for new crop, typically they're not out uh, in this type of volume. And maybe they're, you know, continuing to add to their reserves moving forward. But we just haven't seen those big, chunky purchases that we want to see. Could we expect any surprises this afternoon with the weekly crop progress? I don't think so. Um, you know, I think you're going to get corn plantings here right around the 90% mark. Um, you know, like I said, I think you're going to have localized areas where it's going to be tough to get the crop in. I think you're going to have some spots up in the Dakotas where they just don't. You've got some of these final plant dates starting to pass. Uh, and, and I think after last year, it's a little easier to walk away from bits and pieces of the crop, even if it may not be the entire farm uh, like it was in 2019. I, I think that, you know, as many guys that got burned with that and the quality issues that we had, uh, they just they won't risk it, especially where you see the price of corn and all the uncertainty moving forward. Uh, but will it be enough? I, you know, probably not as it sits today. I, I think, it, you know, it's only going to amplify what, uh, you know, what we see in yield down the road. Will we see, you talk about those prevent plant and we know that there's some acres they just might not get to. At what point is the market going to take a look at that information? You know, I think it's going to keep an eye on it. But like I said, one or two in there just doesn't really do a whole lot when you're looking at a you know, potential carryout of 3 billion bushels. If if we see a 10 bushel yield reduction, that's a completely different talking point. So I think for now it's a moot point. I think, uh, you know, could we lose overall acres? I think that's the main thing. I don't think you can pick up a lot of acres. I think beans could end up maybe closer to 85 million. Uh, I do believe, especially if we see some decent rainfall like we saw in Kansas over the weekend, uh, maybe you see some of these wheat acres that were pretty troubled get uh, abandoned and, and maybe planted the soybeans, depending on what prices look here, uh, look like here in the next few weeks. And definitely some rain for folks that was very much needed. Others, they'd like the spigot just to shut off for a little bit. Stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to look at what's been happening in the markets. And if you didn't look at the livestock, you're going to be pretty darn happy. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Thanks. And welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Sam Hudson of Corn Belt Marketing. Before we jump over to the livestock, we got to talk the ethanol side of it. What are you hearing out there when it comes to ethanol? Could we be gaining back to kind of a, a new norm? I mean, summer now is pretty much officially here with driving. Is that going to have an effect? You know, we're certainly not to a new norm, but that's what we're in search of, in my opinion. I think the... Uh now, what we're seeing now is that the private, a lot of privately uh, owned plants that might have a healthier balance sheet are starting to you know, get their feet wet, um, starting to buy grain a little bit more. And this is a situation where no one really wants to jump in feet, you know, both feet first, but they also don't want to be the last person in the pool. Uh, and so as we see margins start to rebound, uh, I think you're going to see a little bit more you know, guarded optimism in the, that arena as well. And I think you know, for the short term, I think there could be you know, a continuation, at least over the next few weeks. We've seen ethanol stocks drop 
uh, pretty dramatically, you know, to back to pre-COVID levels over the last three or four weeks in a row. I think we'll continue to see a drop this week. And when you look at production, it's rebounding, but it's not rebounding at the same pace. And I think that opens the door for kind of a hole in the ethanol market uh, that could continue to drive spot margins and help get people back online. Uh, but once everyone is back online, you know, then I think we're going to be looking at, you know, where can we top this out because we're going to flood the market with that product once more. Uh, and I think the big wild card would be, of course, if we started to see ethanol exports, I think that would be a, a big game changer. But thus far, I don't know that we can sit here and count on that. So, that's a, so that is going to be our wild card that we're going to look at when it comes to this ethanol market and exports. Yeah, I believe so, because at some point, and this is true with fuel usage, too, we're going to find a certain plateau here until we get mass transit, you know, public transit and everybody just more comfortable, you know, back up and moving again. And, and maybe that's not until we see a vaccine. I, I can't really answer that now. Uh, but we're not going back to where we were. It's going to be very similar to the packing situation where we can get, you know, back to between 80 and 85 percent of normal and, and then tread water for a bit. Jump over to the livestock side. Lots of green on the screen today. And it looks like just like in the grains, as you and I were talking, there's a lot of easy to buy, but not when it comes to sell. Yeah, yeah. I heard again. It was just a, kind of an easier path today. We got through the cattle on feed report that didn't really offer anything. You know, overly negative. We had some pretty wide range ranging estimates, but the numbers really fell right in line. So, not a reason to be concerned there. Um, you know, we continue to see cash, you know, improve. But keep in mind that the improved, uh, you know, payment to the producer isn't necessarily correlating, um, you know, with with our slaughter rate. They're both increasing, but when you look at our slaughter rate, uh, we did set a seven week high there, I believe. But same thing, we're not going back to normal there. And when you look at the cattle and feed numbers, you know, when we were placing 77, 78% or something of a year ago, and we're 95% uh, of on feed numbers, uh, our, our demand has certainly dropped more than that, at least for the short term. We got a lot of recovery yet to do. Uh, we're trying to get another, you know, uh, you know, demand chain back up and running here over the next few weeks. And I think that's going to be critical to see how this unfolds, to see if we get you know, another round of outbreaks or see if there's any other problems there as this takes place. Could we see some higher show lists once again? Uh, you know, I think so. I mean, I think everyone's going to get, uh, you know, a, a bit of a shot in the arm from some aid payments. But, uh, you know, the pace of this slaughter and the pace of replacement, I think, is going to be you know, very interesting over the next couple months. And it, it almost boasts for uh, just a wide ranging market. And I think that's what I would expect to see moving forward. And if things get a little bit overdone one way or the other, it's probably an opportunity to take advantage of it. So looking at the hogs, what happened there? What was the, the catalyst behind some higher numbers that we saw today? You know, if you look at the index, you know, from late April to, you know, mid-May, we went from, you know, basically added, what, 25 bucks almost. And we're seeing a bit of a correction in that now. I think that 60, uh, 60 uh, mark is going to be a pretty good, you know, barometer, I would say, for the trade for now. And when you look at uh, the, the hog index right now, 65 front month there at 60. I think the market kind of tread water, but it, it's hard to sell those back months, especially when you know China can come in at any point. Uh, and maybe make some larger purchases. It was a little disappointing to see some cancellations here of late, but I think uh, generally moving forward, we should see that pace you know, remain pretty steady. Well, we've got planting pretty much wrapping up in many areas. Uh, the focus on, on livestock, what between grain and livestock do we need to really keep an eye out for in the next couple of weeks as we start to get into the crazies of summer? You know, for grains, I think it's really going to be what, what do we see these export paces do uh, if they can deviate from their current paces in a bigger way. And what I mean by that is, do we see China completely back away from the market? Do we see a re-escalation of this trade war uh, right ahead of harvest with a big crop coming and kind of max out, you know, whatever lows we could find in terms of, you know, flat price? Or do we see them stay pretty steady, uh, maybe a so-so crop, and, and can kind of, you know, punt or get to next year 
uh, even with some aid payments. And I think that's what you really got to be, you know, taking a look at uh, and understanding how that gets, you know, kind of woven into a marketing plan, I think is important as well, too. And of course, we know that the CFAP uh, is all getting underway today at the local FSA offices. Maybe some, some money that will help out these producers as we head into the months and weeks ahead. Yeah, definitely. It's not as much as what was first advertised, but, uh, you know, we can take what we can for now uh, and certainly help uh, put a Band-Aid on it. But uh, I think we're going to continue to see this develop, uh, you know, all the way to the election. All right. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sam? 800-655-3380 or www.cornbeltmarketing.com. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. They're not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe and on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.